Hello friends and welcome to your rather bleary-eyed Wednesday morning edition of this Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I am Mark Heath, Roscoe, the boy wonder. He's not really the boy wonder anymore because he's, he's, he's now the third oldest member of the team uh, and also the second oldest member of the team, the doctor, Stuart Watson, both off today. So I'm joined by the fresh-faced, youthful, exuberant AJ, Alex Jones. How are you, mate? What a night last night. I'm still... I think a little bit delirious about it. Um and can I can I share a little secret with you as we as we get going, friends? Go on. I've not actually had a shower yet. I uh I literally, friends, a little insight into my sad little life. I roll out of bed in the morning, I trudge downstairs, I feed Benson, I make myself breakfast, usually something eggy on a plate. I then trudge back upstairs, I sit here, and I barely move for the rest of the day. Um, so yes, sometimes friends, I don't even shower till lunchtime. I'm <laughs> disgusting, but I'm doing that for you to bring you the best Ipswich Town content we can. AJ, how are you feeling this morning? That doesn't feel like a kind of trademark Jake Humphrey high performance lifestyle, Mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're not really ticking the boxes there. You should be up at half past four and showered within the next kind of three to four minutes after. Yeah, oh, mate. Um, yeah, I don't think that that's my lifestyle either, to be honest. Yeah, feeling it a little bit. That was um, a late one. I, I never really want to complain too much because I always know that, especially when we have these games, and Stu drives me as he does always for the kind of localish ones. Even then, when you have a midweek game, he'll get back an hour after I do and then has to do the takeaways. So I, I don't kind of want to complain too much from that. But he has a nice bit of a, a lion to, to rest up today. And um, for us, it's, yeah all hands on deck, but it makes it a bit better given how last night played oh, out. Mate. I think that was Absolutely um beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get on it, but given how maybe things started, I didn't necessarily think it was gonna end up like that. Mm. But the fact that it did, wow, that, that made for a really special night. It really did. Um we'll, we'll come on to the game obviously there's a lot to talk around in a minute. First of all though, AJ, I want to talk about something which uh, gets a little bit of traction, as they say, on the old social media, which is your um, weekly sharing or twice weekly sharing sometimes, depending on games, of your media food you get at the game. Um, what was going on last night, mate? Because I saw before the game you tweeted a picture of what looked like a meal deal. So was there no food and you'd have to go down the local shop to get yourself something? Was that the offering? What, what was going on? That was the offering, yeah. Um, this was a bit of a shame, I think. Uh, I never want to go too harsh on clubs, but especially for midweek games, you usually expect that journalists are going to finish quite late. Uh, Watford maybe didn't have that. The car park shut at 11. So <laughs> AJ, who does not really know how to drive manual cars, does have a manual license, but has not driven a manual car in about four years, a little bit more than four years now, um, and needs to get back into the swing of things after driving his automatic, had to go move the car uh, very, very, very slowly, while not even touching the accelerator, to be honest, I just kind of rode the clutch for most of it. Um, so not really considerate of journalists too much there in the car park down the road in the local school of all places. And then the food, yeah, usually you kind of hope, oh, well, they're going to give us some dinner, that will get us through, and maybe you'd, all you'd need after that is a little bit of snack to kind of boost you into the middle of the night. No, it was sandwiches and wraps. Um, I ended up kind of going back and grabbing another one, but I had a, a chicken Caesar tortilla wrap, and I grabbed a sandwich as well. I was the last person to get the cheese and onion crisps. Uh, Ross 
interrogated me for a long time saying, "Were you the? did you get the last bag? Did you bring them from home? Were there cheese and onion crisps? Were you the last one to get them? I had to say, yeah, I did grab the last bag. Um, wasn't best pleased. He did say forgiveness, but I don't know. And then, yeah, grabbed a, a Sprite with that. So it did look slightly meal dealish, which is never ideal for dinner. Um, when we go and do, well, when I go and do my rankings at the end of the season, I, I have got to say Watford is going to be a low one. Yeah, I mean, surprising as well, because uh, looking at the pictures you and Stewie were sharing of uh, the facilities there, look like they, I mean, their, their press conference room looks like a bloody cinema. Yeah, it Lots was huge. Cash. Yeah, I mean, you have the look outside the front, the, the club store was all lit up massive they had three christmas trees on the roof the press conference room was like a cinema it's all really really snazzy you can see where the premier league money's gone it hasn't gone to the food last <laughs> season when i went actually when i went for for boxing day they did us a nice kind of um hot bacon roll that was actually quite big and i was thinking yeah. oh you know what even if it's not anything kind of massively substantial they could give us a little bit of hot food like they did last time no none of that so pretty disappointing i know they're not the only club in the championship to do it there is um another one based in lancashire that has a premier league title to their name that i know like to give out um packeted sandwiches as well so we'll see if they're still doing that this season okay right food food chat done then mate let's move on to the game <laughs> shall we um what what a finish uh a little peek behind the curtains i was sitting right in the our deadlines are really tight on a match day star especially so i was sitting writing the star back page with the game on um, which town last night, fought back for a creditable 1-1 draw at Watford, inform Watford. Uh, and I was quite happy. I was thinking, yeah, 1-1 is decent, it's not too bad at all. And then, of course, I looks up, Morsey's robbed Hoyt, and he's in on goal. Is he going to do it? Of course he is. Super skipper Sam Morsey goes and does it. We were talking about him maybe not even playing before the game. Doesn't only play, goes and wins the bloody game, doesn't he? That's how he rolls. Let's hear, first of all, AJ, from... Kieran McKenna. Another memorable mm. night on the road. Getting a long trip back from, from Middlesbrough on Saturday. 1-0 down early on to a team that, that rarely loses. And your team's come away with three points again. How do you reflect on that one? Yeah, it was um, you know, performance that was all about the character in the group for me. Or predominantly about the character in the group. Um, in two different ways, really, I think. Of course, the character that we showed after the first goal, and, and most specifically, of course, we conceded the goal, the build-up to it. We lost the ball on build-up, and, and we reacted well, but then they scored from the, the rebound. Um, but the courage and the resilience we showed from there to actually, you know, probably beyond stick to our stick to our principles, we actually went even more, because we knew tonight, recycling the ball through the goalkeeper, we knew Watford would press with you know, one number nine, mark everyone else on the pitch man-to-man. -man. If we didn't recycle the ball through the goalkeeper, we wouldn't get any control in the game or any traction in the game. So we knew the build-up was going to be really important and um, I thought the players executed fantastically from that. From that. OK then, AJ. What, first question before we get rolling with the, the finer details. Where does this sit in terms of wins so far this season? Because you look at it on paper... Watford were in really good form going into this game. What They lost one in 10. I don't think they'd lost at home since September. Mm -hmm. um, and they went 1-0 up, clearly, as well. Um, yeah. All that added together, where does this rank as a win, do you reckon? Um, definitely one of the biggest so far this season. I'd probably have it around the top three, mm. fairly comfortably, just in terms of everything you said. And I think 
the circumstances around it. I think that in terms of the fan base, maybe some of us, and there was a risk with the players, I'd say, of the attentions turning to Saturday. All the mm. talk has been about that. No one was really that focused, maybe, on this game from an external perspective. And then you go and see the team that has five changes in it, and you're thinking, oh, it's a little bit uncomfortable, this. There's something about it that puts me on edge. Um, five changes, Derby on the weekend. Is it one where they're going to get turned over by a team that in recent weeks has just been so, so solid, so, so good and, and really kind of professional? Um, and the fact that they didn't really shows that it is one of the biggest ones. The fact that it comes a few days after going up to Middlesbrough, another side that have been mm. pretty good and, and have that kind of top-end experience, albeit they had the injuries and all those kind of things, coming all the way back from there, having a matter of hours to prepare for this game and then going and winning it at Watford. Um, it's definitely one of Town's statement wins so far this season. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Right then, where should we kick off? I suppose we we better kick off with the the elephant in the room and that would be the Hladke mistake to start mm. the game. Um, clearly... When you, as the saying goes, you live by the sword, sometimes you're going to die by the sword. And I, it, clearly it's a mistake. He then makes a really good save and you think, oh, he's going to get away with it. Watford go and score. Um, but for me, and you've just heard it from McKenna there as well, the resilience they showed after that, because they bounced back really quickly. What was great was to see the players go straight up to Cladkey, uh, put their arm around him, you know, give him encouragement. And, and it never really felt like there was then, like they were going to go away from what they do, they they were sticking to it. They show. I don't really like calling footballers brave because soldiers are brave. Footballers aren't really brave. They just play the game. Um, but th that resilience w was there again, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that live by the door, yeah, live by the door, live by the sword, die by the sword. <laughs> the, the best possible way of of phrasing it because yeah. this is a mistake that was going to happen, and it had kind of we'd seen a few nervy moments before, and it's almost nothing on Vaz, mm. to be perfectly honest, just because with the way that they play, it's quite unique in how religiously they stick to playing out from the back. For me, mm. that's absolutely nothing in the slightest, really, to do with Vaz. And on another day, there'll probably be more coming down the line at some point. You, it's just with how they mm. play, and you're, you're going to see these kind of errors probably from him, probably from Burgess, from Wolfenden, from Twanzebe. It's just going to be natural. Um, it's how they respond to it. That mm. is the biggest thing. And they really could have crumbled because it, as I kind of touched on, you go into a, an informed team who take the lead against one of the, the top teams in the division. It just feels then like maybe everything can kind of go against you. And, and we've seen maybe the West Brom game, for example, they scored quite early and the momentum switched and Town couldn't get that momentum back. Hmm. they've learned some big lessons from that game. I think that the West Brom defeat has actually done them the world of good because the way they responded was the polar polar opposite. And I know this probably is a little bit of an easier game than West Brom. It's an easier place to go, uh, slightly less intimidating. It didn't really feel like you were just getting kind of um, encapsulated by pressure from the home fans as much, but the way they responded it was so, so good. And then by the time you reach the full-time whistle and beyond, I don't think anyone's really going to be thinking about that Vaz error and it, it could have been a, a game-defining moment. And I don't think anyone's going to really remember it. Mm, absolutely. you recover. It's how you recover from your mistakes, isn't it? That defines mm. you, I think. Um, and it didn't take them long, AJ, to recover from the mistake. They bounced back. And within 12 minutes, 
they were level. Um, Amari Hutchinson and I thought looked really lively last night, <laughs> putting the old uh, the old tricks in. Fires a shot in, rebounds. George, big George Hurst, there he is. Quietly now, AJ, six goals and five assists this season for the big Northern striker. Not quietly at all. I don't know what you're <laughs> on about. That is a really, really good return. And I think it's the assists that make it and it kind of shows the striker that he is. Mm. He's Regardless of kind of what he wants to do, and I know that he wants to improve his goal output and all those kind of things, that's not him and it's not him in this town team and I think that he's realised that I think fans have realised that and you don't have people now coming up saying oh well our strikers not even kind of the top three scorers in the team and, and there's he's got to be you know scoring more he's got to have a higher output mm. no this is a proper all-round striker and you don't have many of them in the division you don't have kind of quite a tall kind of unique striker that goes and scores goals not hugely regularly but it always comes up with big moments and then mm. goes and sets them up and I think aside from that his work rate was unbelievable oh, mate, in the yeah. goal the way that he plays I think he's the one that ends up playing the pass out to Hutchinson kind of cuts through the middle from there he's dropping deep he's opening space up you look at the game on Saturday against Middlesbrough it was him that dropped deep to allow Murray Hutchinson to make the run um he just manipulates the game really really well and then add to that that he's starting to use his physicality his height he's battling He's so much fun and he's just he's just becoming this really good all-round striker. And I think that that's a, a really exciting prospect for town because you're now looking at a front four and, it, you know, at full strength, it kind of does become a, a bit of a set front four in a mm. way. But a front four that are just chipping in with huge amounts of goals and assists. And, and mm. if they're kind of reaching these numbers, you're looking at probably three if not four of the four who are going to end up pushing towards double doubles come the end of the season. We were talking about one mm. at the start of the season. So if if three or four get to those numbers, wow. Yeah, it's a, be- it's a beautifully pleasing stat line that's emerging there with Hurst, isn't it? Six goals and five assists just feels so nicely well-rounded uh, at this stage of the season. And he's so important, isn't he? Just, it all starts with that work rate, doesn't it? I've got to say as well, I wasn't mm. a fan of the yellow card, by the way. I don't know. I don't like players immediately acting as if they've been shot whenever there's the slightest touch to their face. I was confused by this because I got a few tweets from from some supporters who were like, oh, he's done this a few times in terms of not looking on the ball and getting his shoulder up and Mm. it's a bit nasty. And I thought that from the replay that I saw, and I don't know, I mean, you had the TV angle on this as well. It was a bit blurry from ours, but he puts his um, elbow up and you're thinking, does he need to? He needs to have his presence mm. there anyway because he's challenging for the ball and it almost looks like Porteous kind of sees it and goes to headbutt it himself he almost goes out of his way to do it and that yeah. was really bizarre um, I don't, I don't like done it. that a couple of times I think and yeah. I, I, I think he's that kind of defender to be honest <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so 1-1 then we have uh, well, what, what turns out to be really I called it eminently watchable on on X, no one calls it X. It's Twitter, isn't it? Um, you don't X. I've not been Xing. <laughs> I've been tweeting. Um, I call it eminently watchable, and I think it, yep. it's fair to say it was. AJ, what what did you make of the of the rest of the match building up to the the eventual winner? I guess another talking point would be Brandon Williams coming off at half time. Yeah, let's touch on Brandon Williams. I, I think that I'm not going to lay into him too much because I think that would be quite harsh. Um, mm. I I just think that. 
this was maybe his chance to impress, given the fact that Harry Clark in the last kind of three games has been, yeah, I'd say probably his best three games so far of the season. Um, Brandon coming in just to give Clark a, a bit of a rest and, and to give Brandon a, a good opportunity to kind of maybe state his claim going into Saturday, a game that both right backs are going to want to play. They're going to be desperate to play in that one, given. Um, you know, you've got an Ipswich local and the former Norwich Loney who seemingly hated every single second that he was at the club. Um, so they're, they're both going to want to do it. And I just don't really think he took it that well. And it was a tough kind of ask for him because mm. Ken Semmer was causing all sorts of issues in that first half. All the crosses, it felt like a lot of the crosses that Watford were making were just going from one end to the other. But every time they got out to Semmer, he was the mm. one that was getting it onto the head of Ryovic. He was the one who was getting it into the box and causing problems. And it didn't really feel like they were doing enough to, to close him down. And, and when the switch was made, I thought Harry Clark basically made the back of fist of it and just nullified him that little bit more. And the, the second half in general played out in a way that was maybe slightly more high intensity, high tempo compared to the Middlesbrough game. I think that it was similar kind of, chess match vibes if you were doing like a chess match where the timer and the bomb was about to go off and you had to make like really fast snap decisions it just felt very chaotic and, and panicky at times but it just made for a lot of fun and it felt very balanced at the same time um it felt like the most nailed on draw you could probably get mm. it just felt like they were cancelling each other out um that's where as i think i said on twitter or x whichever one you want that you either need to have a screamer or a mistake to go and, and beat the team to go and win it and, and they had the uh, the mistake to go do it right then Sam Moore's appreciation time obviously we chatted before <laughs> the game and it was a valid a valid conversation to be had I think I mean McKenna after the game had no truck with it whatsoever said it wasn't even a discussion never even considered it but we were talking before the game whether or not you rest Sam Moore so you make sure he plays against Norwich I don't think any of us really expected that he would be rested but it was a good conversation to have um, and then not only does he play and uh, and walks that tightrope, and there were a few nervy moments, by the way, I will say there was one in the in the first half, wasn't he, where he actually got the ball, but the player went down in a way in which you would think, oh, that might be a yellow card. And he's straight away, he's pointing at the ball. Unfortunately, the ref sees that he's won the ball. It's one of those moments. Um, so some nervy moments. Um, but then, obviously, he ends up winning the game, AJ. What, talk to me about his, his game as a whole before we get to the goal. Uh, excellent because he had such a difficult task. I think that Watford will have known they must have a known, player yeah. that's it will just be heartbroken if he picks up a yellow card. Go and rile him up, go and take advantage of him. Mm. And he managed that so well. And I think that there were a few apprehensive moments where sometimes Watford would be carrying the ball forward and he'd kind of stand back and be a bit kind of. Ugh. Um, which is totally understandable. That's nothing mm. against him. It's just because other than that, if he goes in and he, he initiates contact, you're then at risk of picking up a yellow card. You never know with a referee what the situation is going to be with yellow cards. And, and with this one, I think that he was probably quite happy to hand them out, um, especially in that first half. I think there were three for town overall across the 90 minutes. Was it Luongo, Hurst, Chaplin? I might be missing one, but those are the three that I definitely yeah. remember picking up bookings. So yeah, it, it was always going to be a really difficult ask. And I think that while there were some apprehensive moments, he didn't lose anything from his game, mm. which was the biggest thing. 
yeah, he didn't get stuck in. He wasn't flying in with big tackles as we kind of know and love with Sam, but he didn't lose the way that he likes to manipulate games and be that kind of metronome in the middle and still be able to stop counterattacks. That was really impressive. Um, walking a tightrope and then going and scoring the winner and, and the composure to go do that for a deep line midfielder popping up on the edge of the box. What on earth was he doing there? Why was he the one who was pressing from kind of one of the deepest mid places on the pitch? I saw him at times dropping into centre-back and, and creating kind of this back five when they were playing yeah. out from the back. He was almost there. And then all of a sudden you're seeing him on the edge of the box, drops the defender and scores. Mental. Um yeah, that was a, a really, really special moment. I think the Watford away end as well was perfectly set up for some really special scenes as well. I've seen some of the videos on Twitter and in the moment you could really see how much they loved that. It's perfect because I believe I'm right in saying, you were saying on the pod on, on uh, Monday that the last time they played at Watford was the Chapo goal. Yeah. And this time it's the Sam Morsey game. So we'll remember it for this. Let's hear from Kieran McKenna about the goal. He's saying that he scoffed it, to be fair, which I, it looked like a really good finish. He's, he said he tried to go for the far post and, and scoffed it. So um, I think he's maybe being a bit modest there. I think, um, yeah, really calm finish. And for me, again, it was the, it was the grit, the determination to, to sense the moment, to go and make a really impactful regain. And, um, yeah, certainly looked like a good finish where I was from. Sammy's, you know, nominally our deepest midfielder um, and certainly not on you know, top of his job description that he has to be up there pressing the centre half but it, it, it shows the determination the will that the whole group showed really to, to go and make an impact make a difference and, and find a way to win that game and it was actually a really fitting goal to, to win the type of game that it was Was there ever any doubt in your mind that your, your captain played for tonight? No no zero to be honest it wasn't even a it wasn't a discussion point for me I don't know what well, I think I know what message that would send to the rest of our group um, in terms of, you know, how important we're taking a really, really difficult away game um, in the league. So it was it was never in question. And, uh, yeah, I thought he played really well. There you go then, AJ. I've got someone trying to call <laughs> me on Teams. So I'm hoping you can still hear me. Um, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't want to uh, try and cancel the call. Oh, there we go. It's gone. Lovely. Excellent. I'll talk to you later, Julian Ford. Um, so... <laughs> Sam Morsey, I mean, we said we had this, this conversation before the game, but I thought in terms of performance, it's so mature yeah. and composed to be able to do that. When Going into the game, as you say, Watford would have known that he was booking away from being banned. The ref, I'm sure, you know, there's a, a reputation that comes with a player like Morsey that he's aggressive and he likes to get stuck in. And sometimes I think those sort of players get yellow cards for, for less than other players do. Um, and he really had to be bang on it across all aspects of his game to come through that. And not only did he come through, he bloody won the game, mate. What a player. Yeah, that was so professional. Um, it's kind of what you come to expect. I mean, we talked about it, did it, in League One last season mm. as well. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to call it now and say that he's not going to hit the deadline for uh, the championship. <laughs> if he does yeah. that, it's going to have to be avoiding a booking roughly for another three months, I think. It's Was it game March. 37 he's got to get to? Game 37, which is Cardiff away, as things yeah. stand. Um, I think that's a big ask. I think it would be a big ask to get through Saturday without a booking, yeah. to be honest. I think he could do it. Um, but again, you've got to find the balance between staying kind of 
quite physical, not jeopardising any of your natural game, and mm. then not not picking up a yellow card, not getting drawn into fouls, not getting wound up. Um, Sam Morsey isn't one to get wound up, but yeah, when you look at the next kind of three games, I, I think that now that we know that he's going to be available for the Norwich game, I think that it is a case of saying it's going to happen at some point. I'd, I'd be really surprised if it didn't happen in the next three at some point. Um, you just got to take it as it comes with that. If it is Saturday and he misses Leeds and Leicester, it's a blow, but I, I think that Town will deal with it. And I, I think that given how Derby's play out, I think he, it's really important that he's going to be there on Saturday. Mm. And we'll just see how things go after that. If he's available to go to Helen Road, fantastic. And, and the same with the Leicester game. But he, he deserves a huge amount of credit for last night because that was a really, really tough one for him to navigate. A captain's performance, as they say. And controversially, mm. AJ, I actually, of those three games, I wouldn't mind it if he got booked at Leeds and missed yeah. the Leicester game. Because Leicester, get, like, let's be honest, Leicester is the least important. Free hit. Of those games. It's a free hit. I mean, it doesn't really matter what happens with, with Leicester at the top, does it? It's, it's that third place. And we'll come on to that in due course, obviously, because there were, there were <laughs> moves last night. Um, so, Morsey was your man of the match, mate. Um, who else stood out for you? I know you, you always like to sing the praises of Murray Hutchinson. I thought he was really lively. Um Talk to me about other other players you liked last night. Yeah, so Mari is a big one. Really, really exciting. I think that Town, regardless of who goes there, albeit it's usually two players, are just using the right flank as the out ball and, and getting whoever's there to bring the ball down the right. We've seen it with Wes Burns. We've seen it with Amari Hutchinson. Massive. George Hurst, I mean, I've already praised him to the ends of the earth. Just excellent. It was a tough call, to be honest, between him and, and Morsey for man in the match. I think that Morsey, given the tightrope, deserved it, but mm. it was a, a almost a man of the match performance from George Hurst, given everything that he did across that game. Um, I think the back line deserves a lot of praise. It was not a Leaf Davis game. He made the most tackles in that game of anyone, so it shows that this is kind of one of those where he's not getting forward, but they have to really show his defensive side, so deserves big credit for that. And then the two centre-backs as well, Axel Twanzebe's best performance in an Ipswich shirt, thought he was pretty much exceptional um on the ball off the ball his pace to to deal with um Watford hitting on the counter they really did that in the second half he just looked so comfortable and Cameron Burgess we saw this against Middlesbrough positioning expert always gets in the way of shots he's just blocking everything he reads the game so well he gets into all the right areas um he's going to be a big miss when he goes off regardless of how town quiet try and plug that gap I think it's going to be a, a really difficult one he's just been so so good especially in the last couple of games mm. can I throw someone else into the mix I like Marcus mm-hmm. Harness last night as well yeah I am um, I like he seems to be playing with like an extra level of confidence now as if he knows how important he is to the side now he's like the kind of first man off the bench more often than not and clearly last night he started but he just seems to have an extra level of confidence to his game he's trying things that maybe he wouldn't have tried before when perhaps he was more on the fringes, maybe over the summer and coming into the season. I just, I really like the, the way he carries himself now, Harness. He seems to get that extra air of confidence. Am I, am I talking rubbish there, AJ? Have you noticed that as well? No, I definitely have. And I think that the turning point was probably, well, the whole game for sure. Mm. Uh, you look at his hat-trick of assists against Wolves and, and probably the Birmingham one because that's the real standout, the one where he came on and, and saved the day. Huge mm. credit for that one. That was a massive, massive performance that. Um I think it worked really well last night where Town essentially set up with three players who, behind the striker, can 
end up almost as natural tens. You have Chaplin, who is the natural ten. You have Amari, who can play right, can play left, can play through the middle. You've got um, Harness, who can then play left through the middle. And they felt really interchangeable. And I felt that that was what Watford struggled to deal with. You have one cutting inside, the other one overlaps on the other side. You're setting up, as McKenna said, with <clears throat> a striker and players behind the ball that are targeted. You know, they've got to man mark. This is mm. your man. You've got to defend. But when he's switching out onto one side and he's switching out onto the other side, you've got Chaplin going out onto the right. Amari cuts in. You have Harness who then cuts in. And then Amari goes onto the other side. They're all over the place. And that was what um, set up definitely the first goal in terms of the fact that the the kind of trio there were just weaving everywhere. Uh, and yeah, it just caused all sorts of problems. And Harness played a really big part in that. Um, the ball out to... Um, Hutchinson, he was playing that quite a bit where he just cut inside. I noticed as well that McKenna, he went up to McKenna, McKenna's going like this stay central, create the overload and it just works so well I think mm. that McKenna is good in setting up roles in terms of individual games and saying, right, your role today is you're going to cut inside, you're going to be the narrow player like Nathan Broadhead is but also saying your role is important to this team. <laughs> Pardon me, uh, to this team. It's been a long day, folks. Um, yeah, that, that's um, that's what stood out to me. He's making players feel important, A, within their role in the squad, and B, within the game plan for individual teams and looking mm. at their strengths. And we've seen that with a lot of them, and Harness probably right at the top of that list. Yeah, he's not, he's not a bad manager, is he, McKenna? I reckon he'll be all right. <laughs> um, let's hear from one more uh, player, Axel Twinzebi, which is the first time I think we've spoken to him. You, maybe I'll put me right, but let's hear from him first after the win last night. Yeah, it's one of the wins. Oh. Yeah, it's one of the wins where if you're looking at um, the spread out of the season, it's something that you definitely need to win to, to be fighting for promotion. Um, yeah, it's on the back of our minds. We're focusing game on game and um, a win's a win and we're happy with... Um, with the three points. The manager armed us well before the game. We've done a lot of extensive um, prep on Watford. We respected them and we knew what they, they had going forward. Um, and we just had to deliver, deliver our game and, and perform well. You know, we've got a strong team. We wanna, we're believing in the journey. We're enjoying the journey. And we're just taking it game by game. And everyone's on board. Um, everyone's enjoying the mission. Um, we've got no bad eggs. Um, a bunch of... Uh, humble lads who are just given given their best every time they're selected to play for Ipswich. Ipswich. So easy to like this team, isn't it? When you hear players like that speak so intelligently and eloquently. No bad eggs, Claxon, as well. We hear that a lot. Um, <clears throat> was that the first time you've spoken to Axel? Uh, I think he's been in the games that we've seen him. I, I think he's barely put a foot wrong. Yeah, well, we didn't get the opportunity to actually speak to Axel because of the short turnaround. So mm. that was uh, Brenner's bit. It was the first time he's done a, a post-match, definitely. Yeah. Um, which is it's nice to hear from him kind of in the moment. We've obviously seen him do the town TV thing when he signed and you can hear he's a very eloquent talker. Mm. Um, and I think that it's good to see him get a few more moments like that, especially in a run like this. And that's both off the pitch and on the pitch in, in terms of getting an opportunity tonight and then getting to come out and, and talk about his experiences. And he went to talk about, you know, him joining the team and being made to feel welcome He's just fitted in so well, and I think that's pretty impressive given the fact that he comes with such a, a high background, having played Champions League football, having played regular Premier League football. He's someone that's come down to the Championship, to a newly promoted League One team, and he's one of the squad. He he doesn't think he's above himself, and it, it speaks volumes about 
town's recruitment, they would never sign anyone that would, would come to the club with that mentality. So mm. um, really good to hear from him in, in, in that sense and talk so highly about everything that, that's going on. And it, it, it's one of those that makes you buy into things a little bit more when he, he says at the start, you know, when you have games like this in the course of the season, you have to be winning them to get, well, to challenge for promotion. Players don't often actually come out with those kind of things, especially in this mm. kind of season. I think it's drilled into them that you, you stay focused. And I know that he is incredibly focused and he, he mentioned taking game by game. But not only does he come in with that professionalism, but he comes in with some really high standards too. Yeah, okay. Well, the, the players in McKenna will clearly talk about taking it game by game and not looking at the table. But AJ, after last night, it's impossible not to look at the table. It's switched down the top of the championship. Two points clear of Leicester who play Millwall tonight. So clearly that's potentially temporary. But more excitingly, 10 points now clear of third, Alex, mm-hmm. with Leeds losing at Sunderland last night. This is, mate, this is mental. This is crazy. Not even the most optimistic, ridiculously excited Ipswich Town follower could have predicted that this would be the scenario on Wednesday, December the 13th. Madness. Uh, I need to go through and count the amount of games that Town have lost since I've started covering because I know competitively it's going to be three, isn't it? Two in the league, one in the one in the yeah against Fulham. Yeah, and I yeah. mean even if you throw preseason into that, I think we're only on about five or six maybe yeah. in total. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of said before, isn't it always like this? Is this not kind of like the constant <laughs> thing? Um, no, because no team in the championship has done this. Funnily enough, apart from Leicester, which is a bit frustrating. But in terms of coming up from League One, this is the best start by I'd say a long, long way in terms of a newly promoted side. Um, and in terms of any side, the fact that they're behind one of the strongest teams in the history of the division in terms of man-for-man quality, that's it. And and you're looking at a newly promoted team that's achieved that. That's really special. The fact that mm. they've got a, a team in third who've got a £35 million striker they've signed from the Bundesliga, who've got Joel Perot, who's scored something like 50 goals in the last two seasons. And they're still, they've got a 10-point gap on them. And when you look at what that means, I'm going to rattle off a few things here That's in terms it. of um, this next run. We talk about how important it is. They could, God forbid, lose to Norwich, lose to Leeds, lose to Leicester and go into that QPR game. They could still be in seconds, even if every single result goes against them. If they lose and everything goes that against them, they could, they'll could. they still be second. They would still. It's not good. They, would, they will still yeah, be They will still be yeah. second going into that. It would take an absolutely monumental collapse to mean that they're outside of the top two going into 2024. They're going to be mm. second or first for Christmas. Um, in last season's championship, they've already got a points total would be enough to get them to 19th. So they would be safe in <laughs> last mad. season's um, in, in last season's championship and, and pretty comfortably safe as well. Mm. We're in December. Um, I've had this one sent to me since we've been recording. Six wins and 19 losses from 25 remaining games would be enough to make the playoffs last season. Wow. Six wins. They Nineteen could reach, losses. <laughs> yeah, they could reach that total realistically. On, on current form, they'll reach it within January. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers what they're doing. Um, I think Stu said to me on the way back saying, 
it's hard to say you run out of words because the answer is we're journalists and you can't run out of mm. words. You have to constantly come up with words to describe these things. But when they're doing this every single week, what, what else is there to say? It's a magnificent football team at the moment and you just have to kind of enjoy it because these things are never permanent as town fans over a long stretch of time will know how, how quickly these things can turn. But it just doesn't feel like it's it's going that way at the moment. There's such an excitement and there's just so much positivity around the club. Wow. <laughs> what else can you say? Wow. Yeah, wow. Extraordinary. Exciting. I think, I mean, the one word that is truly factual is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. I mean, no team has ever done this before that's been promoted and only one team, Leicester City, has ever had a better start to the Championship after 20 games. And if you're looking, if this is any other team, AJ, if we're looking at the Championship, and we, you know, it wasn't Ipswich Town, it was another team doing this, you would say that team is going up, wouldn't you? Bluntly. I mean, we don't want to say, obviously, we don't want to get too carried away, but of those, the top 15, 20 game starts in Championship history, of which Town are second, every other team has gone up, either as yeah. champions or promoted. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting dynamic where we probably sit here and most fans will sit here and say, Leicester are going up. Leicester are yeah. going up. They're going to go yeah. up. And they're behind town. And exactly. If they, yeah. And you can't say town again. No one's going to say Ipswich are going up. Although I've no. seen a few Leeds fans saying that last night, that they're not best pleased. Um, look, a lot can change in the championship. I think that when you look down to seventh, I'm not going to make any definitive statements, but the gap's something with a few games played tonight, something about 20 points. This is mm. give or take around that. I'm not 100% sure exactly what it is, but I know it's around that. It's a, <laughs> um, lot. It's a lot is what it is. I, I had a little look, and I'm, I'm not going to rattle off any kind of beforehand, but I had a look at the gap down to Norwich, for example. Unbelievable. Uh, and I'm sure that you guys will touch on that later this week on, on the live pod. A little plug there. Um, all of these kind of things, it just shows that they're, they're heading in one direction. And... and with the gap towards Leeds growing, look, it's not kind of one of those things where you can buy into it too much at this stage, but within the moment, it's so, so exciting. When you look at mm. the fact that Leeds are one of the best teams in the history of the division still, they're, they're mm. still putting in remarkable performances. Their performance levels are unbelievable. Their last 10 games before last night has them as the the informed team in the league, but they, they still have that kind of thing where they just go in and drop an absolute stinker <laughs> often midweek away games and they've done that a few times at the moment no one's matching the consistency of Ipswich and Leicester and that is a frightening prospect for the rest of the division so we'll have to see how how that plays out especially with the next three games use asterisk long way to go December or January very important etc but bloody hell February all the travel all, March all April games. the running yeah, essentially yeah. all the games now yeah but we can agree it's very, very exciting without mm-hmm. um, getting too carried away. And just let let that speak for themselves and say no more. And um, enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy it. it. Absolutely. Like, live in the moment. And I think that I like that fans chant about going up and, and things like that. I, mm. I like it because it means they're having fun. And if it happens, that's incredible. And if it doesn't this season and they end up falling short, then they'll be fine and they'll get there eventually. I'm sure that they will at some point. It, it is a project that i so confident that they will be able to pull off at some point whether it's this season or not and the important thing is that the fans go and enjoy it as long as the players aren't out there going we are going up at this point Mm. great i know how laser focused they are they're all talking about it i've been trying to get 
kind of quotes on them for the Norwich game for the last two, three weeks. And then trying to get them to look ahead to that has been a real struggle because they're just focused on every step for the fans. Enjoy it. Talk about going up, sing about it, live in the moment. I, I think that's great. 100% well said, AJ. Right. I've got nine minutes, eight minutes now. Um, before I have to sign off. So okay. let's talk about other things that I enjoyed from last night. The main thing I enjoyed was was Ed Sheeran sitting next to Sir Elton John in the director's box, two musical legends. Um, and obviously <laughs> they cut, I don't know if you've seen this, um, AJ, but they cut to, to them after Morsey had scored. And Ed was sort of giving a slightly condescending sort of patronising <laughs> hug that you would do to a friend who supported the other side to Elton. Oh, no. And then, of course, Ed rocks up Gate crashes the McKenna interview on Town TV. This is this all adds to the the incredible feeling around the football club, doesn't it? That you've got mm. probably I don't know what the sales stats are, but you would say maybe the biggest pop star in the world at the moment. Just casually just rocking up to the post match presser and giving the manager a little hug, and then the manager I thought quite charmingly sort of turns into almost like a little a little fan, and he starts talking about oh you should have a you should have the stand named after you at Portman Road and that kind of thing. It was Ooh, it was lovely. Friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she said that when he saw the photo of them in the stands. Music friends. Oh. Um, I think Phil next to me said, it looks like Ed Sheeran's with his nan. And I was <laughs> like, oh, ouch, okay. Um, yeah, that was really nice. And I think maybe my my biggest takeaway from that is that, again, the, the players, they benefit from it. You look at the whole mm. game, for example, Ed Sheeran came into the dressing room. He did last night, by the way. I heard Sam Morsey mention on his uh, town TV interview that went up this morning that... that he came into the dressing room and for the whole game, he came and had that little sing song. He went in there and then Tam kept their form going. They didn't let it go to their heads and it was all over socials and everyone loved it. Didn't get to the players at all. They just loved mm. it in the moment and went straight back to work. And I have full confidence that Ed Sheeran went in there, probably said, go win on Saturday. That's all I care about. I know he's going to be there on Saturday, isn't yep. he? Um, and then they'll, they'll just go get on with their work so when you've got those two sides you can live in the moment and enjoy those things and the club can enjoy having such a uh, a big presence involved with them and then you yeah. can still go and work and win games yeah that's that's pretty good other notes ed wearing a town christmas jumper mm-hmm. bang, on, bang on marketing mckenna said as you said he said to him in, in that little kind of mini interview he said oh you should go and say hello to the boys and he went i've already done it uh, and then <laughs> and then uh, ed says i'll see you on saturday confirming that he's going to be at the game on Saturday, I've seen AJ. Just as an aside, I've seen Ed Sheeran and Elton John in concert. Um, back in the day, uh, I I went to quite a few Ed Sheeran concerts as he was coming up because we we covered him at the Angden when he was an unknown. I remember um, we did a story about him signing his record deal, and he did it in a cafe in Framlingham. Um, no one had heard of him, and then he started to kind of be. You heard him on Radio One, that kind of stuff. So I saw him. I went and saw him at Thetford Forest. When uh, it was quite what you call an intimate gig, you certainly wouldn't get him playing there now. Saw him at the O2 the first time he was there, and I saw him when he did his first Wembley shows. And on that Wembley show, he brought out Elton John, which was like a pinch me limbs kind of scene when when Elton John walks out on stage. So, as an aside, um, good to see those two together and Ed enjoying it as well. Um, right then, friends, we're going to come to the end of the pod now. Uh, a couple of things to throw to, of course. We're bringing you a pod every day this week. This is the third. I hope you're enjoying them. You would have hopefully started listening to Rossi's excellent interview with Jim Magilton. I really enjoyed that. I'm about halfway through it so far, but some really good stuff from uh, from Rossi and Jim. Um, it's great to hear Jim talk about the club with such passion and 
Um, just really, really nice stuff. So get involved in that. Obviously, Jim Jilton, the last manager to beat Norwich, unbelievably. Um, and then tomorrow night, we've got a live podcast, 7.30pm across all our various social medias, YouTube, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, we'll be streaming live on there. We've got a couple of special guests as well. Um, one from the Norwich end of things and one, um, I would say, is a integral part of your match day experience um, as a fan or generally following Ipswich Town. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned to find out who that is. Um, they'll be joining us tomorrow from 7.30pm. You'll be able to ask questions, get involved, and obviously we'll be talking all about the derby then. Um, anything for, for you to mention, AJ, before you uh, take your leave? Go Maybe go for a little lie down. Not until this, tonight. Get your work done. No, not until tonight, no. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this feels like some sort of um, podcast advent calendar, this. What's behind the door today? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's built up quite now. That would have been a nice marketing one with Mr. Trick there. Um, <laughs> yeah, a few different bits. I'm going to be looking at the statistical side going into Saturday's game. And obviously, as I've been speaking about nonstop for the last two weeks, we've got kind of a little bit of a hype piece. Mm. Where we've spoken to the players. They've all been laser-focused. On the, and, and you can't kind of get them drawn on these things too much, but you can also tell what this game means to them, what the derby means to them, talking about what was mentioned when they first signed, all those kind of things. So we'll have a, a little look at what they've said going into the game. And uh, yeah, all building up really, really nicely for that certain thing that's happening on Saturday lunchtime that I, I heard mentioned a few times. Lost kind of. Yeah, yeah, I forget what it is now. Forget what yeah. it is. Um, so your bit will go out first thing tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Uh, yeah. Another thing to mention, clearly there's going to be loads of content around the derby, but also Stu spoke to an interesting character, shall we say, mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, a man, I don't want to give too much away, but what should we say? Uh, formerly linked to this show, I would say. Um, not not <laughs> Andy Warren. Um, in our early days, it, it was a man who he, he coined a little phrase for. Um, anyway, Stu, Stu had a chat with him. Uh, yesterday and we were bringing out, I think that's going to go out Friday morning depending on what else goes on so keep an eye out on that and obviously just a reminder at the moment clearly a very very important busy stage for Ipswich Town you can get three months of all our Ipswich Town coverage everything we do so this podcast video all the interview videos we do all the kind of premium stuff AJ's ratings Stewie's opinion pieces all the basically top-notch stuff that we do everything three pounds for three months if you sign up now and um, our Christmas offer on the East Anglian Daily Times. Uh, and we know a lot of you already have, much appreciated. And hopefully um, more of you will do because it's we love what we do and we love bringing it to you. And you signing up and supporting us just helps um, basically mean that we can carry on doing it, essentially. Um, the other thing to mention, of course, support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all that excellent clobber. Get yourself a little Christmas treat there or maybe something for those that you love. Uh, and also, friends, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that just helps lift us visibility-wise in the charts. We've not had one of those for a while, so if you can get some Christmassy ones in, that'd be tremendous. And finally, remember, obviously, ahead of the live pod tomorrow to follow us across all social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't think we can live stream on Instagram at the same time tomorrow night, but still, follow us anyway because there's loads of good stuff on there. Rossi cultivates that feed. Right then, friends, there's nothing else now in the way, is there? Ipswich Town the top of the table. There's no other game now, friends, until the big one. The big one on Saturday. We'll be back tomorrow night live to preview it with a couple of special guests. So we will speak to you then. <laughs> <laughs>